The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias was tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The winding roads shall be made straight and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. I think it's interesting to note this morning the pain that Luke takes to describe for us the historical context in which the gospel is taking place. He's focusing on John the Baptist's mission of proclaiming the Messiah, but in light of our Advent season, the church proposes this gospel to help us prepare the way of the Lord, as John himself cried out. But for me, the historical context spoke to me of the reality that Jesus, the Son of God, chose to enter into that historical reality. And it wasn't pretty. These men were not nice. And the Jewish people were not very free to practice their faith. And so I think as we reflect back on this week and the terrible tragedy that happened in Oxford and all the heartache that resulted from that, we can take at least a little comfort here in the fact that Jesus also chose to stay with us In our time, Jesus didn't run away from the pain and suffering of this world. He didn't take it away either. Rather, he embraced it. He embraced it on the cross in a very particular way, but really all throughout his life. You could say that Jesus had a heavy heart because he was so aware of everyone's suffering around him. And again, he didn't run away from that. He didn't try to avoid it. He faced it with a lot of confidence in the love of the Father. And that's what gives us hope. St. Paul would say, 
that we mourn, of course, and our hearts are heavy and they're going to be heavy for a while, especially if you have family or friends directly associated with Oxford. But hopefully, Paul would say, we mourn with hope. We mourn with hope, not without hope, which makes it a lot worse, which can lead to despair. So God would not want us to despair, but rather he would want us to open up our hearts to the gift of himself even more this week, even more. My friend that I played high school football with sent me a very touching text message because he's a big guy. He's much bigger than I am. He played on the offensive line. And it's Snoopy holding a heart. And it says, When my arms can't reach people who are close to my heart, I always hug them with my prayers. When my arms can't reach people who are close to my heart, I always hug them with my prayers. How beautiful is that? Because it's weeks like these that remind us of the importance of love and connection. Because when it's taken away so violently, it literally does break our hearts. It tears our hearts apart. And it can leave us feeling very vulnerable. And the Lord wants to assure us that he is right there in that sadness, in that suffering. We have a compassionate high priest. And the word compassion literally means, if you look at the Latin root words, to suffer with, to suffer with. So again, we have to remember that death is indeed absurd. No matter when it happens, even for me, my 103-year-old grandmother, when she passed, and I got to celebrate her funeral mass, for me, death was still absurd, even at 103 years old. Even more so when innocent life, when young innocent life is taken unexpectedly, even more absurd, for sure. And so we look for an answer, we look for hope, and we look for a reason that will help us to be at peace and that will help us to stay connected. And that's where Christ comes in because Christ unites us all in the Holy Spirit. By virtue of our baptism, we're all connected. And that's why we can hug somebody, in a sense, with our prayers. And even death does not break the bonds of love that we formed in this life. I like to say that at every funeral mass that I celebrate. 
The bonds of love that we form in this life are not broken. Even by death. They rather extend into eternity. And so there is a source of hope for us that we will be reunited someday in the Father's house. We will be reunited with our loved ones and we will be united with God in a definitive way. At every Mass, when we receive Holy Communion, we are united with God. In a rather temporal way, here in time, And it's not definitive. It's real. It's no less real. But our capacity to receive that is limited. But in heaven, we'll have a much greater capacity to receive him. Because there will be no more sin. There will be no more sadness. There will be no more death. So we look forward to the birth of Jesus because it shows that God took the initiative to come into the world. Not only did he take the initiative to create us, but he took the initiative, you could say, to come into the world and to redeem it, even though it had fallen. He wasn't going to write us off but rather he was going to jump in with both feet. And as Paul says elsewhere, that he did not grasp equality with God, but rather he emptied himself and become one, became one like us in all things but sin so that he could redeem us from that. So we just have to cry out. We have to be honest with our feelings, with our emotions before the Lord. We can't pretend that we're not upset. We can't pretend that we're not hurting. It's the grieving process that's normal. But let's pray that we can also be given the grace to forgive because we can hate what happened Because God hates what happened, but we can't hate the people who carried out this act of violence. Because even God loves the sinner. He hates the sin, but he always loves the sinner and wants to save us all. He wants to save us all. God is just and we'll leave it up to God to judge the amount of guilt that people share in. But he's also merciful, thankfully, for all of us, because we have all sinned. And we all need to be forgiven. We all need to be healed. We are all broken in different ways, some more than others. And so we all need God's mercy. We need to be healed. So let's pray for that today. And especially as we receive 
is body, blood, soul, and divinity in the blessed sacrament, that we would all be brought into a deeper communion with God and with one another. So that what Paul prays in the second reading can become a reality for all of us. And I'll close with this. That your love may increase ever more and more in knowledge and every kind of perception to discern what is of value so that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. Amen.